Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rally Roundtables. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm joined by the one and only Shane Duffy today, and, and we, we are in for a treat. Uh, we're going to be talking about the future and talking about eternity, talking about the reality of Jesus returning one day. Uh, and what does that mean for us today in the life that we're living? Uh, but before we do, um, Shane, I'd love you to just give uh, a snapshot of, of what does life look like for you? <laughs> life looks like for me. Well, I'm 52 years old, been married for 31 years. I have four sons, uh, 27, 25, 23, and 21. Uh, awesome kids. Two of them, the two oldest are married to amazing ladies. Got a first grandkid on the way. On the way. Uh, little, little baby girl. Uh, coming in uh, August, and so we're pumped about that. I've been a part of the New Spring Church since 2003, late 2003, and being, been on the leadership team here for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's a little bit about me. Been involved in ministry a long time. I had a life in the insurance business before that for about 15 years. So yep. anyway, I'm just an old dude with no hair and <laughs> willing to talk. So Willing to talk. And, and well, we, we truly are honored that you would join us today. Um, I, I was thinking about this in the lead up to the conversation. That there are a few people in my life that I respect more than you. And, and truly, it is the highest honor for me for you to sit down and have this conversation. And I was even saying to Taylor, if, man, I, I want this conversation. To, there would be many people who would wish to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you like this. Um, but, but really, I, I just wanted to say, particularly for Rally, that um, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing with that without you. And so I just want to say a huge thank you, Shane, for, for your life and the way you live and the example. And, and really, um, your family means so much to Taylor mm. and I. And so I just want to say a huge thank you at the top. Mm. Um, but today, we're gonna, I really want to just lean in and, and gain some of your wisdom on life. Um, and we're in this conversation talking about eternity and the future. And I think sometimes people have mystical ideas about, okay, we, we, there's heaven and there's Jesus' return. And what, what, what do all these things mean? And sometimes they can feel complex and a little bit confusing. But I think the conversation can be a bit more simpler than, than these big mystical ideas. So I, I would love today to just hear from you simply. Um, Jesus, it, there's a promise that he will return and simply, what does that mean, mm-hmm. um, and how does it affect us today? And that's a big question. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Jesus is going to return, and we can have trust that that's going to happen because he said he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that gives me confidence in that is that if you look at Scripture, the whole of the Old Testament points to the fact that a Messiah is coming. Mm-hmm. And in Jesus, all of those prophecies have been fulfilled. So you can trust that what the Bible speaks about will come to pass. Maybe not on our timetable, but in a perfect timetable that God has set. Well, Jesus was with his disciples you know, for several years, and he told them over and over again, hey, you guys need to know, people are going to come kill me, but I'm going to rise on the third day. Mm-hmm. And his disciples questioned that, right? They were like, no way, there's got to be a better way, no way. But that's what happened. And so when Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm going to come back, I think we can trust that because I don't want to sit in the seat of the disciples that were with him when he was here, always questioning what he said he was going to do, thinking I know a better way than he does. So when he talks about I'm going away, but I'm going to come back and that's better for you, mm. then I, wanted, I don't want to sit in the seat of a scoffer. I want to look at that promise 
and say, okay, I can trust that that's going to happen, that Jesus is actually going to return a second time uh, for different reasons. He's not coming back to judge sin. That's already happened. As a matter of fact, I want to share this. Hebrews 9.27 says, and just as it's appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Yeah, wow. So, so the, the idea in this, and there's so many uh, scriptures out of Jesus' own mouth and others that talk about his return. The question is, how am I going to live now? Mm. And this says he's returning for those who eagerly await him. Yep. And I don't think eagerly waiting for him is standing around looking up to the heavens, wondering when he's going to come down. No, eagerly waiting for him, it means living the type of life he both modeled and he asked from us when he was here the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah. So, so, so what, what, what is that? So, so that idea of, okay, we're eagerly longing for this return. H- how do we now live with purpose and meaning knowing that this is going to happen one day? Yeah. Well, it, you know, you only, you can only really get to a place you're trying to go, right? You, you need to know when you think about your life, so many of us just live life day to day, and there's something to that. You don't want to get beyond where you are because even, you know, Jesus said tomorrow has its own worries and yesterday's gone. There's not much you can do about it. But the question is, is, is the day you're living aiming at the end you want to see? Mm-hmm. Now, that could be in your personal life. That could be in your relationship life. That could be in your spiritual life. It can be in your professional life. It doesn't really matter. But you've got to aim at something. And so knowing that Christ is going to return and he's returning to be with us, He's returning to bring heaven to earth. There's this big finality in reality that's good. Mm. It's good. Mm. And so the question is, am I going to live my life like that's good? Mm. And the way we eagerly wait for him, I think it's just to simply live a life day-to-day that's aiming at the joy that will be found when he returns. Mm. And so does my life, and here's the question for us, does my life now look like it will then? Mm. Like, is there things I can do right now that make me ready or make me um, a good example uh, to the people around me, to my family, my friends, that actually looks like Jesus is here Mm. because if you think about it, Jesus is here. Yeah. Right. He went away, but he said, I'm going to send you the spirit. So God in the spirit, God, Jesus came, God in the flesh. He goes away. He sends God the spirit to live inside of us. So we have what we need. And Jesus taught what we need to know in regards to how we can live in a way that won't make his return. change our life in such a drastic way we don't recognize it wow does that make sense yeah uh, that's a powerful thought and and when you when you're saying you're you're aiming at, at something with your life what what are the key things even even in i'd just love to the behind the scenes of, yeah. of your life and shane duffy's like what are those big ticket things that, that even you're aiming for in your day-to-day life well, well my my life vision uh is i want to experience the best life that god has to offer hmm. And I want to create opportunities for other people to do the same thing. Mm. So no matter what I'm doing, I let that idea or that vision try to uh, help orient me in moments 
so that what I'm doing is actually that. Mm. And so what does it mean? It means I need to understand who I am uh, in Christ. Like I need to understand that the, the most true thing about me is I'm a son of God. Like I'm not a pastor. I'm not a father. I'm not a husband. I am all those things. But primarily, I need to realize that my identity is found uh, as a son of God because of my relationship with Jesus. Mm. And then that should uh, impact everything else that I do. So the question is, how, does, how would a son of God live as a husband, wow. as a father, as a pastor, or as an insurance salesman, or as a college student? It doesn't matter what you're doing. The question is, how would a son live? Because that's what God has for you. And as we start to discover what that looks like practically, then all of a sudden we step into what Jesus referred to as a full life or an abundant life. Mm. You know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy all the reality of God's identity in us. Wow. Mm -hmm. Because that will get us off track or loss of focus. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it to the full or have abundant life. And so what we're after is that abundant life. And abundant life isn't necessarily defined by circumstances. There's people who have abundant life in the midst of very, very difficult circumstances. I've been to parts of the world where I'm around people that have more life in them in way worse circumstances yeah. than I'll ever face. And I'm challenged by that because there is something more than circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, going back, back to that, the question is, am I pursuing God in a way that I get to know him? Jesus gives me the best path to know him. Mm. Who he is, you know, the scripture says that Jesus was the perfect representation of God. Mm. So if I look to the life of Christ, does my life look like that more today than more tomorrow than maybe than it does today? Mm-hmm. And in that and out of that reality comes what, um, you know, I think Jesus said he wanted to offer us and that's the, the full life. Mm, that's beautiful. When, when even talking about the, the fullness of life and, and thinking about um, finding meaning in life, what, what would you say to someone who, who's just wrestling with trying to, to they're thinking about the future of their life and, and, and they're hearing what you're saying. It's like, well, how do I find purpose and meaning mm-hmm. and that just practically in my day-to-day life now as, as a young adult? Well, one, know that that's a promise from God. God has promised you that he wants you to find that purpose. That's found in Ephesians 2.10 and other places where, you know, the scripture says that, that we, every individual is God's masterpiece. And we were created intentionally on purpose for something good that he has set out in front of us. Mm. And so that's a promise. And so we need to understand that God's promised that to you. So if you're not experiencing that, know that the the reality of that promise is true for you. Uh, And you're going to find that in relationship to Christ. Because when we pursue knowing God, knowing him intimately, finding our identity in him, then he uh, wants us to pursue our desires or our passions. Now, that's a dangerous statement, but I, I really believe that if you are fully pursuing God in relationship to Jesus, I would tell you then pursue the things you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then over time, your love for God and your certainty of your identity in Christ will start to bend your desires to the thing he has for that's you. That's great. Because the one thing that you and I have in common and the one thing that every believer in Christ has in common, that we have the same Ultimately, we have the same purpose. The purpose is for Jesus 
and his kingdom to grow. Mm-hmm. It grow inside of us and grow around us. Yep. So our, our purpose, really, we have a very common purpose. But for many of us, we need to discover our passion. Like, okay, how are we going to realize that? If I own a clothing boutique or a flower company or I'm a pastor or I'm a student right now, it doesn't matter what it is, but you're going to discover that. It's great. Most plainly, I think sometimes, you know, the Bible tells us that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. The question is, is how is our heart posture? Mm. Yep. And again, in pursuit of Jesus, no matter how confused you are about anything, I would tell anybody, hey, I'm confused about this, that, or the, all the things that are swirling in our culture today. I'm confused about what I'm supposed to do, you know, when I get out of school. I'm, I'm confused if I should keep this job. I'm confused about who I should marry. I'm confused about my identity as a male or female. I'm confused about my sexuality. I'm confused about all of these things. I would tell you the same answer applies. Pursue Jesus. That's great. Worry less about these things swirling your head. They're real because you feel them. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're based on fact. Pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. And watch him bend your desires because he loves you and he's made this promise to you. Mm-hmm. Watch him bend your desires so that in time, your love for God and your desire or your purpose or your passion will come together in a way that you begin to experience, again, the best life that God has to offer. It's so good. And, and, and something I, I, I have observed about you is that it's very clear to me that you pursue Jesus. It's, it's very clear to me that even when I'm around you, uh, th- there is such confidence in God, in, in who he is and what he says about you. Um, and it's, I would say it's like you truly believe like God can do the impossible. He is the provider. He, he will take care. And, and how has that become? Is that, has that always come naturally to you? Or, or I would just love to hear more. Where does your confidence in God come mm. from? My, my confidence in God ultimately comes from him displaying his love for me in my life. And that's happened in so many times, so many times and in so many ways. Uh, over the years, it's one of the greatest things about getting older, mm. because as my my physical sight dims, I feel like my spiritual sight gets better. Wow! Um, and uh, not in any qu- crazy, esoteric, mysterious way. It's just there's I've life behind me, and I can point out things in my own life, my marriage, with my kids, um, with provision, um, so many things where I've seen God come through in a way that didn't seem possible Mm. and i've seen it uh, in my life i've seen it in other people's life i've seen somebody with cancer be prayed for go to the doctor the cancer's gone i've i've seen that i know people that's not a theory it's not something i I read in a book i've seen it and so over time you either pay attention to the to the facts or you don't and i think one of the challenges again in our in our world today and especially with young adults, I think um, there's so many things swirling around that want to go to war with the truth of God or the, the uh, importance of knowing Christ. It's, it's, we've got so many uh, truth skeptics. Mm. Um, and I would tell everybody who's listening, uh, it's okay to be skeptical. There's a lot of uh, uh, wisdom in discerning. There's a lot of wisdom in, in not taking everything at face value. But I would tell you, instead of going about life, you know, being a truth skeptic, how about go around life being a truth seeker? That's great. You know, what, what are something you can, can build your life on? Because at the end of the day, my confidence comes from, my confidence comes from, I've, I've found a, 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 
a way of life that's built on something and from something. Mm. And so it's my life is built on the truth of Scripture and the person of Jesus and his death and, more importantly, his resurrection. And that is, and I would tell everybody out there, if you're questioning whether or not Jesus rose from the dead, just go look for it. Mm-hmm. Just go study it. it. You know, in the in a court of criminal law, there's a proof beyond a reasonable doubt. I think that's in there. I yeah. would even say in civil law, there's a, a, a burden of proof that's a preponderance of the evidence. I know a preponderance of the evidence is out there. And mm. once you grasp onto the fact that this man came to earth representing God, but he lived life as a human and he showed us how to live. And then he said he was going to die and be raised again. And he was, then we need to lean into everything about him because all of a sudden I can build my life on something that's real. Mm. I can build my life on something that is certain. That's what faith is. You know, Hebrews says that, that faith is, is not a leap. Faith is not blind risk. Faith is being sure and certain of the things you hope for but can't see right now. Mm. Well, how can you live a life like that unless you build it on something? Yeah. And then you live life either you have two choices in the way we in the way you live. You live by faith or you live by fear. And fear is going to get all of us at times mm-hmm. because we're going to have questions but the but what I would suggest to everybody listening is this. Be a truth seeker. Build your life on something that feels like you as best you can tell real, trustworthy, proven. And then live by faith toward that. That's great. Or from that, I yeah. should say. And you, as you've, over the decades now of living by faith, um, and, and as one of our lead pastors, you, you ultimately carry the, the highest level of authority and, and just weight that comes with that. Um, it's, it's not hidden, but you've, I'm sure, faced a lot of challenge and adversity and hardship, um, big leadership transitions and all, all, all sorts of things that we may never even know about the things that, that you've had to wrestle with. And something I just wanted to ask you today is like, why haven't you quit? Like, why, <laughs> why do you keep going? Why yeah. do you keep following Jesus? Why are you so committed to building his church, giving your life away? Mm-hmm. Like, why? I wish I knew the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, there's been many times um, over the years that I wanted to, to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy, uh, when things are tough or you feel like you don't have the answers or there's a season of doubt where you just feel like, well, the, the problem must be that God doesn't want me here or the problem must be that I'm not cut out to, to do what I'm doing. Um, but during that, you know, over the last 16 years in ministry in particular, when there's been some, some amazing things and some very challenging things. Um, I was reminded that before I was in ministry, that was true of my life too, as a 25 year old, Mm. I wanted to quit what I was doing because I wasn't seeing the progress that I thought I should be seeing. And I undervalued what God would want to do in the whole of my life, you know, as opposed to what he wanted to do right now. And now looking back and I, and I believe I'll say this when I'm 72, Mm -hmm. looking back to now, but looking back, I can see very plainly that God was doing something in me. He was doing something for me. He was cultivating um, my life in sort of a uh, the crockpot reality of following Jesus. I think, uh, you know, we all want microwave results. Like, we want to yeah. see things happen right now, but if you've ever warmed up, you know, anything in the microwave and bitten into, you're going to find some of it's okay, some of it's too cold, some yeah. of it scorches the top of your mouth. But if you pull something out of a crock pot that's been in there for hours, right, it's tender, it's perfectly cooked. 
but you have to wait on it. Yeah. And so um, over all those years, all the times I wanted to quit, I was reminded of two things um, that I really believe so, so deeply is that I didn't put myself here. God put me here. Mm. And so if he's put me here, he's promised to give me what I need in the moment and over a season of time to steward what I'm doing um, the best I know how and that he's not, he's much less worried about what I'm doing. He's a lot more worried about who I'm becoming. Mm. And without the challenges of doubt, without the challenges of resistance, without the challenges of things that can happen that you don't want, that are hard, tough to carry, then I'm not going to be built up into uh, being more like Jesus um, every day. And I still feel like I've got a long way to go, you know. So my, my confidence comes from God. I just believe he's in charge. Mm. You know, when it, when, it, when it boils down, God's either uh, providential or sovereign or he's not. And if he is, and, and if he's good, which I believe he is, then whatever's happening as a son, I have to believe that if I will just persevere, yeah. um, he will form me in a way that is making me ready for what's next. Because I just have learned that whatever's happening in my life now is preparing me for what's next. Mm-hmm. And so I need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. I need to pay attention to what's going on around me. I need to pay attention to what's going on in me. And then out of that, potentially, then I'm able to pave a way, so to speak, so that you maybe don't have to face those same challenges, or you can be a part of a ministry at New Spring Church that came through the refining fire of, of should we do this? Should we not do this? Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? How does it impact the whole church? Like all those kind of things mm-hmm. that can be weighty. But when you know God's in charge and Jesus has told us that if we're ever carrying anything that's weighing us down, we're, that's because we're not allowing him to carry it for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the reason uh, I have great confidence is, um, and the re- reason I persevered through some of those things, it's not really about me. It's about what God's done in me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very thankful that you haven't quit and that you've, you've done that because, we, yeah, we, we are receiving that inheritance of, of, of the life that, that you've lived and. So I'd love to ask you a, the, a follow-up question of, um, you, you've obviously been around a lot of leaders, you've seen a lot of people in different careers and lifestyles, but I'd love to hear like, what is your de- uh, definition of a successful life and, and mm-hmm. what would that look like to you? Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll just use um, a definition um, that uh, comes from Dallas Willard. Uh, he's an old dude that you should go read his books and listen to what he talks about. Um, Great stuff. Yeah, but... Um, you know, he, he, he put forth that every belief system has to answer four questions. And the one, the first question is, what is reality? Mm-hmm. And the second is, who's blessed or who's well off? Mm-hmm. The third is, um, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting what the third question is. Who's well off? And then uh, how does one become well off? And then how is, uh, what's a good person? Yep those four questions. So the second question is who's blessed? And his answer to that is anyone who's alive in the kingdom of God. Wow. And so that's how I'd answer the question. Mm -hmm. Like, I I feel like, um, you know, that, that, um, reality of being alive in the kingdom of God, being in relationship with Christ, knowing that I'm a son of God, that, that is the best life. And that impacts everything else you do. So again, it doesn't matter really what you're doing. It's the reality of that relationship 
the presence of God in your life that allows you to experience the best that that situation uh, has to offer, or at least allows you to persevere through that and walk out on the other side and say, that's the life. I'm, I'm blessed to be mm-hmm. here. That's great. And, and, and with that, of, of a blessed life of, of um, becoming, becoming ultimately more like Jesus and, and lifting our eyes upon him, we, we throw around phrases of, of like living life with an, an eternal perspective and, and, and fixing our eyes upon even, we were talking about earlier, the return of Jesus. How do you go about living your everyday life with, with your eyes fixed upon the kingdom of God and the, these things like that? Well, you know, life is crazy, right? And so it's uh, everything is trying to um, distract us from that. And not all those things are bad. Um, but the way I go about it is I just try to orient my life around making first things first. You know, and the, and the first thing I do when I get up in the morning, I get a cup of coffee and I sit down and read God's word and I pray and I journal my prayers or I ask my questions to God. I, I ask him to speak to me. Um, yeah. I even spend time, you know, potentially reading a book about that or watching uh, something like this. Just that stirs uh, stirs me in a way that, um, helps me know God better and, and maybe get some insights for life. Um, and, and from time to time, what's amazing is, 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 is I will, I feel like receive from God, these, what I call instantaneous moments of clarity mm. where the questions I'm asking are things I'm dealing with. All of a sudden he just deposits in me and it gives me answers or gives me direction. And so I just want to give the first part of my day to him it's just like anything you give the first two um is going to start to uh, you're going to start to arrange your life around it you could talk about your finances you could talk about your relationships you could talk about work you could talk about anything but giving the first of something the way we use our time is a big deal like i'm giving the first part of my day and i would tell you that practically speaking that makes everything about my day run more smoothly because i I've, i've given the the most important thing, my first attention. Yeah. And so that's what I do. There's nothing special about it. It's very routine, mm-hmm. same chair, same place and all this kind of stuff. I love getting to new places and doing new things, but, um, it's really just trying to give God the first part of my day. Yeah. And in every area of my life, I'm, I want to be mindful of how do I give God the first of this? And then in moments, even moments like this, if I'm sitting and talking with somebody, I'm, I'm asking God, can't help me to make this moment, about ministry mm. like like what can i do right now that points this person to jesus what can i potentially receive from them that will help me orient my life toward jesus better than i was before and so it's just being mindful mm. it's just being mindful of the fact that god is and he cares yeah and so if he is and he cares then he's with me and if i'll just think even for a second god help me in this moment like that i'm going to be at least when I'm at my best, considering what God's perspective is on anything that I'm doing. It's so good. And, and with that, like even hearing you talk about your, your time with God, and it's very obvious to me that that is a priority of your life and it is something, and it's something that I, I admire about you. I, I would love to even put before you, like if, if you could say to a young adult, do these three uh, whether it's a habit or a practice or adjustments of your lifestyle. And maybe it is, yeah, you got to start waking up earlier and actually prioritizing yep. time with God. But like if there was three, this is what you need to do for your life now that will put you in good stead for the rest of your life. Would, would anything come to mind when, when I ask that? 
Yeah, I would. I would. The first thing that comes to my mind is to um, uh, take control of your time. Because the one thing in this whole world that everybody has in common is 168 hours a week. You can't make more of it. Yep. You can make more money. You can make more friends. You can make more. You, there's a lot of things. You cannot make more time. And I would say that uh, the first rule is take charge of your time. And what I mean by that is, is spend your time on paper before you live it. Think about the week ahead. What am I doing tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon and the next day and the next day and the next day? And write I use a calendar. I work off a off a off a calendar. It's kind of like my to do list. Yep. And I would tell you I would I would um, I would I would get my time under control. And and you're right. I would I would encourage anybody. People in, encounter God and meet with God at all times and ways and situations. But but for me, I would tell you that putting that first helps orient the rest of my day. So I would get charge of my time um, uh, right out of the gate. The other thing is is I would tell you don't be scared of discipline. Like make yourself do things you don't want to do. That's why it's called discipline. But here's the cool thing about discipline. Discipline over time that works becomes a lifestyle. Hmm. So you don't, you don't, I'm not still disciplining myself to get up early. I just wake up. Why? Because it became part of my lifestyle. Um, So your time, don't be scared of discipline. Gosh, if I have to think of a third one is, is just simply make the God, make God, the center of everything that you do. That's great. Ask him about what you're doing. And I, if you're going out to dinner with your friends, hey, God, what do you want me to get out of this? What do you want me to give into this? And I think there's so, there's so many variants of that because, you know, we try to make life too complicated. We, we, we talked about Jesus returning, and it's so easy for that to be distracting. Mm-hmm. Like, when's he going to come? How's he going to come? Yeah. Like, what's it going to be like? Am I going to be ready? And that's fine, but I would tell you that that even Jesus himself didn't know when he was coming back. Yeah. You know, the one thing we know that Jesus didn't know yeah. was when he would return. But here's what was cool about Jesus' life is he didn't let that distract him from what he did know. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about what did, what did Jesus know, he knew that the principle, uh, the primary principle of life was to love God and to love other people. Mm. To love God and love other people. And so how are we in every situation thinking about, okay, God, I want to be connected to you in this moment, but I want that to overflow. I want to love the people around me. And loving the people around me isn't always amening everything that they do. Yeah, it could be, There could be conflict involved. There could be correction involved. And we have to be willing to receive that as well. So I don't know if I'm answering your no, question, very but, helpful. But, but that's the thing. is like we try to overcomplicate at times life, but life can be simply lived best by loving God and loving other people. So, so good. I, I, we're, we're about to bring our time for, to a close. And I got, I got two, more, two more questions I want to ask you. Um, when, when you look at the, the young adults of, of 2021, um, even the young adults of New Spring Church, I, I would love to hear just the, the dreams that are within your heart of, of the young adults of our church and, and the things that excite you for the future um, of the young adults of our church. Yeah. Well, it's so important. I think in a, in so many ways, it's the it's the most important age group um, that are a part of our church, and and I'm thankful that we got to a place where we have something specifically directed at and oriented around where they are in life. And the reason I think they're so important, or that age group is so important, is because that's when most big life decisions are made. Mm-hmm. 
you know, between 18 and 25, you can even gust that up to 30, is so many lifelong realities are, are, are a result of the decisions made in that span of time. And so it's so important that, that you uh, focus on that. But my dream is, my dream is, you know, when it comes to this church, my dream is that this church will be vital and vibrant in all the communities that we're represented in when my kids' grandkids are on this earth. Mm-hmm. And that's a long time from now, but that's how I think about it. I think it generations, and that can't happen, or it's going to be severely stunted if the people uh, that are part of our church now between 18 and 25 don't lean into Jesus, fall in love with him, and fall in love with his church. I will tell you, I want you to fall in love with our church because yeah. I, I love our church. But that's not the most important thing. Fall in love with Jesus' church. It's great. Like, like, find ways to dig into that reality because when you're 50 or 70 and all that stuff, you are going to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. You are. We're all leaving some type of legacy. And so think about that now. What do you want? I, w- I would encourage everybody to do this exercise because it helped me so much. If you're, you know, between 18 and 25, write down on a sheet of paper, if God blessed you in the most miraculous way, what would be true of your life when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70? Almost, it's almost like write your own obituary. What would people be saying? about? What would you want to be said about you? And then every decision in your life, you can ask the question, would, does this decision aim me at that? or not yeah so do those things because the importance um of of where you are in life is is massive you have so much to contribute now but what you're contributing now for good or not is going to be seen in 10 15 50 years yeah that's powerful well i i i really am so thankful for you making time and i would just love to give you one last opportunity is there any parting words any any last bits of advice anything you want to leave on the table uh for for the young young adults of our church um i tell you what if you'll let me i did jot something down please um because you know you kind of gave me a heads up on what we're going to be talking about here i'll just i'll just conclude with this you know if you're thinking about you know you've got a purpose um because jesus is going to come we can eagerly await that but what am i supposed to do and I'm going to tell you a few things. One, look to and for Jesus in all things at all times. That's awesome. Look to him for help. Look for him in whatever's going on. Uh, look for least of these moments. Hmm. Like, where is Jesus at work, and how can I be a part of that? The second thing is to spend time with God, praying in his word, worshiping uh, around other people uh, so that you can deepen your identity in Christ as a son or a daughter of God. Uh, the other thing I would tell you is so important. Serve the people that God brings into your life for their benefit. Wow, that's amazing. Don't, don't think about what it means for you. Think about how do I make their life better? Yeah. That will serve you no matter what you do, whether you're in school or your workplace. You have that mindset. You're going to rise to the top because so few people think about others. And that's just an outworking of, of loving God and loving others. I would tell you to trust God's promises. Uh, because they're all yes in Christ. So to trust God's promises, you need to know them. And that's going to come out of uh, reading his word. And I would tell you, put your faith to work. Mm. Put your faith to work. 
whatever opportunity God brings to you, go about it understanding that you've got his grace, but you need a little grit. Grace and grit in life is a big deal. You know, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Wow. And that's another Dallas Willard saying, yeah. but, but it's like, so put your faith to work. Don't be afraid to work because God gifts you and he expects from you to love what you do and be really good at it. Mm. God doesn't give us gifts. He doesn't save us or call us into this kingdom life to be mediocre. It doesn't mean we don't go through peaks and valleys in life, but if you don't love what you do and you're not really good at it, that's a, probably a pretty good clue. You're not exercising the gifts that are in there, but you're only going to discover that as you work. Mm. You're not going to do a test. You're not, you know, put your faith to work. So good. Um, I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. Pursue God and your desires and watch God bring those together in ways that will pleasantly surprise you. Wow. Uh, and then finally, um, find a Paul. What I mean by that, find a mentor. Find somebody older you, ahead of you in life, and get around them and just find out what they think about what you're thinking about. Mm. Like, find out what somebody ahead of you thinks about the things you're thinking about. And I would tell you, too, it's really good to have somebody younger than you around. Serve the people. In this church, I would tell you, get involved in Fuse or get involved in Kids Spring. Yep. Have somebody that's looking to your life because that creates a measure of accountability that helps me live more toward Christ. And then finally, get around life-giving people. Mm. Get around life-giving people like rally people. Get around people that are aiming at the same things you are, still working at life. But I'm telling you, if you do all of those things, I feel like you're going to be closer and closer and find deeper and deeper uh, relationship, both with God and other people that will actually bring to you mm. the fullness of life, the abundant life that God or that Jesus said he came to give you. Wow, that, that, that is so much wisdom and, and so helpful. And, and, and truly, I, I just want to say loudly and clearly, we are so thankful for you, Shane. Thankful for the life that you, you live the man that you are, the husband you are, the father you are, the father to all, all of us. And, and, and man, it means so much that you would make time to sit down. And so uh, I would encourage you, Rally, uh, continue to pray for Shane, lift him up in your prayers. And, and, and so thankful that you'll take the time to join us. Make sure you subscribe, share this message uh, conversation with a friend that would help you help them um, and be blessed. And thank you guys for joining us. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining the Rally podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you'd like to connect to a campus, text Rally to 30303.